Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. Danny Sarek joins me to help preview Week 18. That's right, the end of the regular season, the end of J.J. Watt's career, maybe even A.J. Green's. Change is coming. Just how much? Well, we'll know that soon enough. First, though, there is a game to play against the 49ers. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 634, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2. Hit in the backfield and down he goes for a loss. J.J. Watt nailed it. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. He's at the 10, half a 5. He's in again. Some more Murray Magic. Wow. Here's Craig Grealoux. I know I shouldn't do this, Danny, but I am anyway, because we all care about you here on Cardinals Cover 2. According to weather.com, showers in the morning with some clearing in the afternoon, highest 61, chance of rain, 40%. Now, this is good news for Sunday's forecast, because earlier in the week, it was as high as 60%. So, Thanks, Craig. Still pack your rain gear. It will be packed. I got to figure out the shoes to wear down on the field in the mud and on the off chance that Paul Calvisi is still feeling under the weather and I got to step in. I, I got to, I mean, I want to ask him how he keeps his notes dry, but I've seen his notes after a rainy game and I know that he doesn't keep them dry. So I think it's just going to take a loss there and, and try and stay warm and dry the best I can. Plastic sheets. Maybe I mean would laminate that, my notes. No, you you know what that yes laminate your pregame notes. But as far as taking notes during the game, that becomes problematic because you can't have an umbrella no. down on the sideline. As you learned earlier this season, because I thought about that and I learned that's a rule, which is silly. Should I get should I get one of those hats that has the umbrella yeah. on it? There you that go. That would be a look. I'm picturing it right now. We'll see how much rain there is. Hopefully it Sunday. continues to, to go down, the chance yes. of rain. The, the, that is the good thing here as, yes, we have reached the end. Week 18, Cardinals and 49ers will close it out. 225 on Sunday, 1030 pregame coverage begins on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. Cardinals finishing these last two games on the road in Atlanta and now in San Francisco, Levi's Stadium, and to be specific, Santa Clara. So not very close to the city. So I don't know what your plans are for Saturday, Danny, but depending on the weather, you might just be staying put. That's fine by me. I Yeah, Darren has made it quite clear that we're not going to be in San Francisco because I was saying that's the only part of California that I've been to, and he's made it quite clear that we're not going to be in San Francisco. So I am aware. Thank you. All right. You're aware about the weather. You're aware about the location. You're just not aware of what you'll be actually doing on Sunday. I am a game time decision, Craig. Perfect. And there are going to be a lot of players, game time decisions, but two players that we know and one in specific that I do want to focus on that we know will be on the field. Even though he did pop up on the injury report with a groin issue on Thursday, I am guaranteeing this right now. J.J. Watt will play on Sunday, even if it is one snap, but I guarantee it will be more than one snap, even if they have to roll him out there just to make sure he's on the field for his final NFL game. I would imagine it would have to be excruciating pain <laughs> to keep J.J. Watt out the entire game, would be my thought, in his in his final game. Yeah, it's and in just watching him, even during the open portion on Friday, his final practice 
and to watch him still, one, be that first guy through every position drill, but he attacks it full speed, 100%, even though there is no more practice after today for him. And that's what you would expect. That's what we've heard, that he's still been going at going out as hard as he has been, even though it's his final week. And that was something that Zach Allen and I talked about. I got a chance to talk with him on this week's Sideline Exchange interview of JJ's demeanor this week. And Zach said it's been business as usual. He continues to work hard and put in that effort and focus on the game. And that's what makes JJ JJ is that work ethic and that mentality. And even though it's his last practice and it's going to be his last game and Yes, I'm sure he will be feeling all of that, and it won't hit him till afterwards, probably even a couple weeks when he's taking more than just one day off of the entire year. But this is who he is, so it's really no surprise that this final practice looks no different than the others. Watt leads the Cardinals in sacks, quarterback hits, tackles for loss. He is playing very, very well, his best season since 2018. But more importantly, because you mentioned Zach Allen in your conversation with him earlier in the week, yeah, J.J. phenomenal on the field, but it's what he's meant to the Cardinals off the field in the locker room these past two seasons, specifically with a Zach Allen Rashard Lawrence, Lecky Fotu, Michael Dogby, Cameron Thomas, everyone certainly on that front seven. And then, of course, the entire defense, the entire team, learning what it takes to be a professional, learning what it takes to get to the NFL, stay in the NFL. Yeah, that was something that Zach and I talked about were the useful tips that J.J. has given him and also the legacy that J.J. is leaving behind in this locker room. JJ's only been a Cardinal for two years and he was hurt for a good amount of last year, but that doesn't mean that somebody of that caliber is not leaving behind any sort of legacy. And even if that's the players who don't spend their entire career in Arizona, will go elsewhere and take what they've learned from him. And it, it really has been that work ethic, how to be a professional on and off the field, how to go about your business day in and day out, take care of your body. JJ's been very adamant. He's been very vocal about how being a mentor has been really important to him these last couple of years in his career. He wants to help that younger generation. And in his words, say that he is preventing them making some of the same mistakes that he made in his career. Whether that is how you're conducting yourself, how you're going about practice, recovery, working out, whatever it might be, that's been a big goal of his is to mentor that younger generation so they don't have to make some of those same mistakes he did early in his career. And you hope, and I do think that all those players that we mentioned, all those younger players have, their eyes have opened up considerably because of the work a Zach Allen has done in the offseason to prepare for this season, his best, although he's going to end it not where he wants to be, and that's on the sidelines, but he's had his best season, and he credits that work in the offseason that he did upon watching J.J. Watt. Yeah, learning from him and, and being next to him and asking whatever questions they have to ask him. And that was what Zach said, that in the 13 games he played this year, that was the best his body's ever felt. And he credited that success that he has had career highs in, in just 13 games in sacks, quarterback hits, tackles for loss, passes defense. He credited that work in the offseason. Now, it's just a matter of making sure Zach Allen is under contract for next season. He's one of the many free agents and I know that was a question that you attempted to ask and he did a nice job of dodging said question yes I asked him about the mindset as being a pending free agent for the first time in his career he's coming up on that fourth and final year in his contract with the Cardinals and he's mountain he said hey that's what I've got an agent for I'm going to take some time to 
regroup and relax and focus on myself and just wants to find the right opportunity. Um, he didn't say this. This is me saying this. Hopefully that right opportunity is here in Arizona. Yeah, absolutely. I think he is one of those priority free agents as far as that you keep in a Cardinals uniform. But let's swing it back over to J.J. Watt here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and kind of focus on what J.J. Watt and the rest of the defense is going to be looking at on Sunday when they take on the 49ers. Again, who have something to play for on Sunday. They win, the Eagles lose, and the 49ers have the number one seed. If not, then they become the number two seed. But you look at that 49ers offense with rookie Brock Purdy, by the way, if J.J. Watt's able to get his hands on Brock and bring him down, be the 50th different quarterback Watt has sacked in the regular season and postseason combined. All these numbers that we've been getting all week long about J.J. Watt, just the number 50 sounds perfect. So I would love to see J.J. Watt bring down Brock Purdy. That would be a great number to end on. This is the final venue he has yet to cross off his list to play a game in, which is pretty crazy being in the league for 12 years and you haven't played at every stadium so I get to cross it off the only number that you know it obviously doesn't mean anything but I think this is his 151st game and it would have been better if it was 150 and it was but we'll take it one 151st I mean it just doesn't quite have the round number but it does no but that's okay the 151 I mean it it, it good it's good it's fine it'll do 151st 50 different quarterbacks I can kind of see the parallels there sure by the way, it's not going to be easy to bring down Brock Purdy or stop this entire 49ers offense. Number six in scoring, number five in total offense, number four in yards per play. They have the eighth best rushing offense. They're number six on third downs. And yeah, they do have a rookie quarterback, but Brock Purdy in his four starts has looked very, very capable. Now he does have talent around him on both sides of the ball, but he's not making the mistakes. And that's what you hope happens when you have a rookie under center. It's been very impressive what the 49ers have done. They've won nine straight, and they've looked good doing it. These aren't necessarily wins where they're barely getting by or you know getting lucky by their opponent missing a, a field goal or anything like that. Like They have looked strong on both sides of the ball, and, and they've created momentum at the right time of the year, and they are rolling hot, and they're finding a way to be successful with Brock Purdy. And you're right, they, they have – weapons around him and the defense has been playing well and they've been relatively healthy in that I think when you look at the Cardinals you can see the kind of difference that makes Um, but Brock Purdy hasn't looked like a typical rookie quarterback coming in late in the season without a lot of experience or you know a backup quarterback or something like that he has come in and he's commanded the offense and he has looked good Arizona's own Brock Purdy needs to be mentioned. Queen Creek native, Perry High School, and Gilbert, the 2017 Arizona Cardinals High School Player of the Year, took over week 13 and in the four starts since. 4-0, fourth rookie quarterback to win each of his first four starts. Five straight games because when he came in relief of Jimmy Garoppolo, five straight games now of at least two passing touchdowns. So he does have the knowledge of the offense And when you have a Christian McCaffrey, a Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, Debo Samuel perhaps this week, yeah, there are a number of different targets, a number of different ways this 49ers offense can go, either on the ground or through the air. I don't have the number in front of me, but I wish I did. How many games do the Cardinals have with multiple passing touchdowns? Oh, that's a good one. Off the top of your head, I wonder. Off the top of my head, probably not. 16 games going into the 17th. That's That's a very good one, Danny. 
have to take a look on that. Stumping me here on Cardinals Cover 2. I'm sorry. I, I wasn't, I, you just brought Arizona it Cardinals. up. No, but it, it does show you where the 49ers are at 12-4 and four, and where the Cardinals are at 4-12, and 12, having lost six in a row. And the lack of a strong aerial attack, regardless if it was Kyler Murray, Colt McCoy, Trace McSorley, or David Blau, who we'll see on Sunday again, four different quarterbacks, and how many times have those quarterbacks thrown two or more passes in the single game? Passing touchdowns. Passing touchdowns, yeah. Yeah, I I don't know the answer to that. Um, And I think that there's equal blame to go around. Again, obviously this team has been just destroyed by injuries um and that falls on everybody to adjust the players who are stepping up the coaching staff creating the game plans and it's hard it's I don't want to put all the blame on your top receivers of Hollywood Brown and DeAndre Hopkins but like the it's just hard because you would expect those top receivers regardless of the quarterback to still be able to make a difference and get the ball. And to some extent they have, I thought that David Blau had some good chemistry with Hollywood Brown in Atlanta. Obviously Trace McSorley struggled with the two of them on Christmas night against the Bucks, And they can only do so much with a quarterback that they don't have that chemistry with, or maybe doesn't have that same ability that Kyler Murray does. But even when Kyler was playing, there was struggle with the deep ball and with chemistry and connection. It's just something that no matter the quarterback, no matter the receiver, it has been a struggle all year. Quick research on the fly. That's Ky- why you're the best. Appreciate that. Kyla Murray, five times this season, has had games in which he's thrown two or more passing touchdowns. Five times. Okay. Those are the only five games in which a Cardinals quarterback has thrown multiple touchdown passes in the same game. So Brock Purdy has done it in five straight games. Cardinals quarterbacks have done it five times total. Kyler Murray accounting for all five instances. That's a nice little nugget that we just stumbled upon here. I like that. And how many games did Kyler play in when, when he got hurt? How many was that at? What is Kyler Murray at as far as number of games played? Yeah, that's, again, five games in. Let's see here. Again, research on the fly here. you got to love it. Let's see, Kyler Murray. It is 11. Five games and 11 starts. So not great all around. No. No, it's not. And why, again, the Cardinals are 4-12 and and the 49ers are 12-4. and Yeah, it it helps when you find the end zone, Craig, that's for sure. I heard that, if you can score points. And again, the 49ers scoring almost 26 points a game. But during this six-game, or I should say nine-game winning streak, they've scored at least 30 points six times. And I think coming up on Sunday, when you know that the 49ers are going to go all out, they've got something to play for. And we heard Vance Joseph talk about it earlier in the week when you had a Christian McCaffrey who – this season with the 49ers has looked very, very good. The Cardinals got a look at him earlier in the year in Mexico City, but McCaffrey coming off a 193 total yard performance last week in that overtime win against the Raiders. I think that's got to be priority number one if you're Vance Joseph is looking as far as what do you want to do to kind of slow down this 49ers juggernaut? Well, here's the problem is how do you decide? Is it Christian McCaffrey? Is it George Kittle? Is it Brandon Ayuk? Is it, I mean, there, there's there's so many options, and that's what's tough to begin with. That's what's tough when this defense has suddenly been hit with injuries. 
for the first half, maybe more than half the season, it was all offense that was taking the hit. And now your defense, you likely won't have your top three starting cornerbacks. We know Byron Murphy's on IR with a back, but Antonio Hamilton missed last week's game with a hip and Marco Wilson with a neck. And we did not see them out at practice on Friday, which is not a great sign. So you'll likely have to have three backups again with your secondary, which also doesn't have Buda Baker, who is on IR with a shoulder. Um, some of your defensive linemen are now getting banged up. So an already tough job is now going to be tougher for Vance Joseph and this defense. And I will say that they have found a way to stop Christian McCaffrey so far this year. The first with the Panthers and then in Mexico City, which obviously that was just a horrible game. But the Cardinals have held him to 27 and 39 rushing yards respectively. So it's it's not impossible it's just if you're going to stop Christian McCaffrey, you got to stop the other pieces. With McCaffrey, the danger is what he can do out of the backfield or lined up in the slot as a receiver. That's always been, if the ground game isn't working, you can account for Christian McCaffrey as far as catching the ball. And yeah, stopped him for 39 yards on the ground, but in that game against the Cardinals in Mexico City, he had 69 receiving yards. And a lot of those yards were after the catch. That's where this 49ers offense really excels, either after the catch, after contact. That's what really hurt the Cardinals in that first meeting is the number of times that a, either a missed tackle, missed assignment, and you saw a 49ers player with the football running behind the defense. I mean, it, it all comes down to fundamentals, and we hear that after games where tackling is an issue, which has been a consistent issue for this defense. Um, it's it's going to be tough. I, I think that this is a game where – the Cardinals have a chance to keep themselves in it. I think a lot of that does fall on the defense. But to be quite honest with you, Craig, I also see this game going sideways very quickly because of the huge discrepancies on both sides of the ball between these teams. Talent is the talent discrepancy is what... The Cardinals it, just aren't healthy. Well, that, yeah. I, I mean, if, if the Cardinals were as healthy as the 49ers were, I think that would be a totally different discussion. I think the Cardinals would be in a very different place than they are right now. And that's just the unfortunate reality going into the final game of the regular season. It wasn't that long ago. In Mexico City on November 21st, Cardinals kept it close. It was only a seven-point deficit at halftime, but the script flipped in the second half when the 49ers just said, we're going to run the football. They only had seven rushing attempts in the first half. They ran the ball seven times on that opening drive to begin the second half, and it just became a route after that. And it just, it didn't look good. It was noticed on the national broadcast by Troy Aikman on Monday Night Football. It was handled, and we saw it on Hard Knocks in season later on, a couple of days after. And you do know that and Antonio Hamilton probably not going to play this week, but those defensive players – who are healthy, just make sure it's full speed because you will get called out if your effort isn't there, and that's something we haven't seen a lot this season. Yeah, but I will say I, I do think that this team has had good fight, um, even when they have been out of the games, even when they have had the adversity and having four different starting quarterbacks and said many weeks and everything that they've dealt with. I think that has been a big change from last year. This team, and Cliff Kingsbury has said it himself, this Cardinals team is built to play from ahead. And they have not been playing from ahead. I mean, there's it's only a matter of minutes that this team has had a lead all season. That's not me being dramatic. That is 
a fact. So this team has just put itself in a really difficult spot. Um, But I think a difference from last year was when the team was playing from behind, you could see mentally players checking out or giving up, not really feeling like there was anything worth fighting for. And I don't think you can say the same about this team this year. It becomes much more difficult when you have to play catch-up, and especially for this Cardinals team that has had to play catch-up for most of this season. Again, Week 18, Cardinals and 49ers kicking off at 225. So we talked about J.J. Watt's final game. We know A.J. Green speaking to reporters earlier this week, brought up the possibility that this might be his final game, not just with the Arizona Cardinals, but period. Same draft class, J.J. Watt, the 11th overall pick, A.J. Green, the 4th overall pick. Not a great season for him. In fact, his career worst numbers. But I think let's make sure that we give A.J. Green his just due because his first seven seasons in the league, he was a pro bowler. Six of those seven seasons 1,000 receiving yards, and he did perform very well last season for the Cardinals. It just wasn't utilized. He wasn't utilized this season like he was a year ago. That's something to keep in mind is having that respect for the player that he has been and and the person that he has been and what he's given to this game. And I understand that A.J. Green has not been productive this year. I've said that on these podcasts, but he has – been a big player in the league and and you just touched on some of those stats and that doesn't mean that because he wasn't utilized properly or wasn't as productive that he's not a good player or that he you know doesn't deserve the recognition or respect because he absolutely does he is much more of a reserved quiet guy I would imagine part of him is probably glad that it's all about JJ retiring because maybe that takes some of the questions off of him and if that's going to be what his decision is when the season comes to a close very soon. Um, But he's the kind of guy that just, he said before, you know, I'd be ready for the next chapter of my life and I'll figure it out as I go. And I like that we, I wish we would have seen more from him on this week's episode of Hard Knocks. We got a little bit watching his son play flag football, but I liked the interaction of just AJ Green is not an is not old. He might be older in football terms, but the interaction he was having with Isaiah Simmons and Hollywood Brown on the practice field of them using huddle as a form to create tape highlights to get recruited, and AJ saying, "My mom was out there with a camera, and we put it on VHS tape." And Hollywood was like, "So you couldn't even circle yourself? Like they were having to find you on on film?" And he's like, "Yes, they had to find me and watch what I could do, and it was on VHS, and like just." The differences of that is like so funny to me. But A.J. Green, I think, would prefer to kind of go quietly into the night, and maybe that's what's happening. Not unlike Larry Fitzgerald a few years back, still haven't got the quote-unquote official retirement announcement from number 11. But A.J. Green, a solid NFL pro on and off the field and more off the field this season because of what he's had to deal with as far as the up and down nature of his playing time and you hope that those wide receivers in that Cardinals locker room a Hollywood Brown a Greg Dorch Andre Bocelli who will see on Sunday the most healthy of wide receivers along with A.J. Green that they learn much like what the defensive line has learned from a J.J. Watt so how much we see of A.J. I would like to see him maybe get in the end zone 
It would be his 70th career touchdown if he's able to find a way to get into the end zone. Just to kind of put a cap if this is his final season, but it's going to be difficult against a very stout 49ers defense that has made its mission to stop the run. And if you stop the run, now all of a sudden David Blau, one-dimensional offense, you got to worry about that defensive front of the 49ers as far as protection and then giving Blau time to find an A.J. Green or a Hollywood Brown for a potential touchdown pass. This isn't just an evaluation process at the quarterback spot, even though both Cliff Kingsbury and David Blau himself said they don't see this necessarily as an audition for QB3 for next year because we know that Kyler Murray, who had what we've been told was successful surgery this week, there's a good chance he's not going to be ready to start next season. So that's played a role as to why you are being cautious sitting Colt McCoy although he has been dealing with concussion symptoms and he was in concussion protocol recently so I absolutely like the idea of making sure he is healthy and safe if you're going to start with Colt McCoy next year you're going to need a backup you're going to need a a QB3 and even though they're saying this they don't see this as an audition you know this still helps deciding if you want to at least keep Trace McSorley or David Blau as sort of a competition if you even if you bring someone else in to compete with them next year Um, but it's also an evaluation process in my eyes to the offensive line. Your starters, most of them are either pending free agents or likely considering retiring, some of them both. So when you're going up against a very stout 49ers defense against Nick Bosa, who leads the league with 17 and a half sacks, which is more than half the total sacks that the Cardinals have this season at 32, This is also an evaluation process of who do we like enough to bring back and kind of start creating, building this new offensive line around. David Blau is going to have to step up. These receivers are going to have to step up if you have to be one-dimensional. And it's going to be a question because James Conner's been dealing with a shin injury. However, we saw him out at practice on Friday. It's If you don't have a James Conner, do you rely on a Corey Clements, a Keonta Ingram who only got one offensive snap a week ago? in Atlanta that makes it much more difficult although as we saw on hard knocks in season if it's Cliff Kingsbury you tell David Blau hey we're just going to air it out and just just see get that ball out quick like we've seen with Colt McCoy two seconds less than two seconds and make it more of a run game with the pass and you hope that a Hollywood Brown a Greg Dorch whomever catches that ball, whether it's a quick screen or a quick slant, Trey McBride, who's really stepped up these past couple of weeks, put the ball in their hands and see what they can do against this 49ers defense. It sounds easy enough. Yes, it does. Uh, It's just going to be a matter of can they actually go out and can they execute. 49ers, number one defense in scoring, number three in total defense, number one against the run. They have the fourth most takeaways this season, and you brought up Nick Bosa. Not only does he lead the league in sacks, but also quarterback hits. He's second in tackles for loss. And this is going to be a big test, going back to your offensive line conversation. Not so much with Kelvin Beecham. You know what you have in him. He's one of those impending free agents. Do you want him back? I would certainly say yes. But in what role? As a starter? As a backup? Because you've got DJ Humphreys and Josh Jones. Is it time for Josh Jones to perhaps become one of those starting tackles? You think that Calvin Beecham would come back as a starter? Or, I'm sorry, as a backup? That would be a conversation that you'd have to have. Now, Interesting. Now, would you say, Beach, we'd love to have you back. You're going to have to fight for that position. 
because we look in, we're looking now at Josh Jones as potential that right tackle. And if you're him, he's getting to that point at 34 years old. Do I want to come in and compete? Do I want to uproot my family, go somewhere else where I know I'm the starter? It's a, it's a, it's a, you, I would just hope you have an honest conversation with a player like him. From, from my understanding is I would think that Beecham, it would be more about the thought of, am I ready to be done playing or moving his family if he were to decide to come back, knowing it would be as a backup or fighting for that spot. But the reality is that Kelvin Beecham was technically fighting for that spot this year and he beat out Josh Jones. True. So I, I don't think that would necessarily like stop him because he's he's proven what he can do. I think it just comes down to the Cardinals have decided that DJ Humphreys is their left tackle for the future. He got that big contract extension training camp this year. That's where Josh Jones has said he feels comfortable. However, he's played on the right side. So now this coaching staff in the front office and however that is going to shake out um, is going to have to make the decision with Josh Jones of are they going to have him play right tackle? Or if he's so comfortable and he's so versatile and if Justin P was going to retire coming off this ACL injury, is Josh Jones an option at left guard? And he's playing next to DJ Humphreys, but still can swing wherever you need him to. And maybe that affects what you decide to do with Kelvin Beecham and what he wants. I don't think it's that simple of, I guess, just deciding between Beecham and Jones. I think there's a lot of other moving parts on where you see Josh Jones as the best fit. And I think at this point in his career, this is year three with him, with the Cardinals. You're going to have to find a spot for him. And you're going to have to to start giving him that sense of consistency so he can really focus on that spot. He's been, you know, back up and he's been filling in and been that depth role. But if you drafted him and you like what you see in him and you want him to be a, a pillar in this offensive line moving forward, you have to give him that chance to really focus on one spot and see what he can do. And I think this is the time that you do that is you have to figure out where you want to play him and you have to to really give him that chance to really grow there and build around that. You invested a third-round pick in Josh Jones, and it almost reminds me, Danny, of Zayvon Collins and Jordan Hicks because if Hicks is going or was going to be on this roster, I don't know where Zayvon Collins would be at this point. That was part of it. They made a decision. Zavin's our guy. Jordan, if we have you on this roster, we're not quite sure. Yes, you are less, less athletic than a Zavin Collins, but you know this defense better. And it was almost in order for Zavin to succeed and flourish, Jordan Hicks needed to be out of the picture. Because Zavin needed to get those reps. He yes. needed to learn mistakes through reps. And and look at how well Zavin has played this year and calling the defense and has made those incredible improvements. I just think you owe Josh Jones the opportunity to give him a spot on the offensive line and really work there and, and see what he can do. And if he is more comfortable on the left side, maybe that means being a left guard. But it might mean being a right tackle, but but – I don't see at this point why you would just continue to have Josh Jones as a backup left tackle and and a depth piece at this point. No, you need to see you you've invested so much that he needs to be a part of this offensive line and figure out if it is beyond that four-year rookie contract that he received. Yeah, I think he's played well too filling in the last yes. couple of weeks for DJ Humphreys. And a huge test 
this Sunday against Nick Bosa. Now, Bosa does move around a little bit, but you're right. You protect the quarterback's blind side on that left tackle spot. If Josh Jones can hold up, I wouldn't say shut down, but at least hold his own, I think that bodes well for him wherever he might be, whether left side, right side, as far as – and you talk about it. It's not the momentum, but it's the confidence that you want these young players to have going into an offseason – Maybe the most uncertain offseason this organization has ever had from the top down as far as who's making those decisions and telling Josh Jones, yes, you're our starting right tackle. No, we want to see what you can do on the left side, perhaps at left guard. I have no idea. Only time will tell. Yes. Speaking of time, 225 kickoff on Sunday at Levi Stadium. 1030 pregame coverage begins on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. And yes, Rain potentially can be a factor, but not for Danny because she will be well-prepared Sunday. Speak it into existence. Thank you. I will do my best. I always try. We always look out. I appreciate that. We look out for certain individuals here on Cardinals Cover 2. You're one one of those individuals. I'm so glad to hear that. What a relief. Thank you. You're welcome. And on that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Danny Sarek, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.